Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. This is Reservations. I'm Jeremy Blair. And I'm Rain Whalen. So here we are. Yeah. New normal. Yeah, the the, the new normal. Um, <laughs> when I told Ashley that we were going to record today, she's like, aw, your first long distance episode. Sure. And I was like, I was like, well, we've done it before. So that's true. We have done it before. Wouldn't say it's in about the same, the same distance. Cause that one time, uh, Haley and I were here for a wedding and we had a, it was the shining episode of the first part. No. Yeah. Oh yeah. What was supposed to be the first part. And then we just melded it into one giant episode. Whoops. Oh, well. Oh, well. Um, but yeah, everyone, um, get uh sorry that was my system manager letting me know about uh a sale that he had um anyway yeah everyone so uh you know get used to this for a minute um like we mentioned last week you know we might do another in-person episode uh i've told jeremy that i am gonna bother him in mckinney good i just don't know when yeah it's far take your time yeah yeah, uh, I know. But um, let's see. Do I have any? But yeah, man. How's I was gonna say? Like, how's the how's the new place? Well, place is great. Um, as you can see behind me, uh, things are. If you can hear that, that's the uh, the bunny rabbit. He's getting a drink. Um, in the living room. Nice. Um, he's doing it because I I looked at him earlier when he did it, and I go, you better not be doing that while we're while we're talking. And he's doing it right now. LeBun James. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but yeah, I'm in the living room. Um, movie shelves are still behind me, so that's not going to change. Um, yeah, everything's pretty good. Pretty good here. Got the record player set up. Got all my vinyls over there. Uh, since I can't nice. do that at work anymore. Um, I was just about to say, like, does the new college allow you to do that no. or no? No. They're like, you want to do what? Yeah, I'm in a cubicle. Absolutely not. Oh, no. Hold on. I'll send you my setup. Uh, I'll text you. You don't have to react to it on camera if you don't want to. But um, but yeah, so um, yeah, I'm in a cubicle. So I'm surrounded by other people that, you know, don't like, let's say I want to listen to like Tom Waits or something. No one's going to want to hear that. So uh <laughs> Nah, dude, just just play uh, just play uh, turnover all the time. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, everyone's gonna be super mellow and super depressed all the time. Uh, speaking of that, um, I actually did just order uh, Peripheral Vision that's coming in tomorrow. Nice uh, on clear orange vinyl. Whoa. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so if everyone Zach uh, hasn't listened to that album listen to that album absolutely that's the album that jeremy showed me and it's an awesome mellow album it's mellow but it's super emo like it's super depressing if you listen to the lyrics so yeah that first that first track uh cutting my fingers off like yeah so good it's the best but yeah but but this isn't a music podcast jeremy this is a movie podcast that's right so what are we talking about today buddy uh today we are discussing 
the uh, Tim Burton classic, I guess you could call it, uh, Edward Scissorhands. Edward Scissorhands. You know, when we did uh, when we did Beetlejuice for season six for our strange movies, Uh um, you know, I was like, you know, I should probably we should do Edward Scissorhands at some point. Uh, And today is that day. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do you remember the first time you ever saw this movie, dude? I was young. Um, I don't think it was on VHS. So, uh, so we're talking. I mean, that was I was in elementary school, but I honestly don't remember. And um, I remember liking it. You know, obviously, you know, I don't, I don't hate the movie. So I, I remember liking it. And so, um, but I don't remember like what I felt and what I, you know what I mean? Like I probably wasn't even paying that much yeah. attention to it, to be honest with you. Yeah. I, um, I don't remember the first time I ever saw it. I, I think, I think I caught it on, I say I caught it. I think it was on one of the channels my parents were watching on cable and it was the scene, which we'll get into later, but it's the scene that he's first carving the ice um, oh, yeah. towards the tail end of the movie. Oh, yeah, that's like the end. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I was like, what is this movie? And I don't think I actually really remember watching it until like way later. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, yeah, Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. 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 Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, but like we mentioned in my first pick, Batman, this movie technically came out in between those two movies. Yeah. But. But we're, we're giving just a little asterisks to this just because yeah, we said we, why we did both Batman movies. Why would we take a break between Batman movies? Let's just get it over with. You know what I mean? So that's. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, buddy. Yeah. uh would you like me to give the people their synopsis? Yeah, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. So Edward Scissorhands, um, 1990, mm-hmm. um, almost pretty much at the start of the new year, um, was a is a story about a guy named Edward, and he has scissor hands. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Oh, uh, God. He... He was a creation um, made by an inventor uh, who was played by Vincent Price, um, who I could talk for hours about his 10 minutes of screen time. uh, And those 10 minutes are amazing. Um, But the inventor never finished him. That's why his hands are still scissors. And the movie then follows the classic story of new guy comes to town everyone loves the new guy and then one drastic thing happens which starts to turn everyone against him and the thing that they loved and you know never never saw as bad will suddenly is shunned in the community and this has one of my least favorite things in it, which is suburbia, uh, which plays a big role in, in the story. 
Yeah. Um, but I mean, honestly, you know, I yada yada over a lot of stuff. Um, like Kim, for example, because I figured we'd spend some time and talk about Kim. Um, yeah. but that's, that's Edward Scissorhands, you know, very close in a nutshell. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so I kind of want to start with the aspect of suburbia. Sure. If you're cool with that, dude. Yeah. I want to know why you hate it so much. So go ahead. Okay. Well, first of all, uh, it's not because I love the movie, the burbs. Um, I love that movie. Yeah. But it's because dude, like, here's my thing with suburbia. Why I've never liked suburban life. And it's because like, especially how Tim shows it in this movie, everyone is in each other's business. If you aren't a member of the community, you're shunned or looked at as weird. Like the uh, devout Christian lady is for the first half of the movie. Yeah. Until she becomes the, like, oh, she, she knew all along, you know? And, but it is mainly the up in each other's business kind of thing like that. I can't, can't, I can't do like, I don't, I don't want you in my business. Um, and, but you know, that plays such a vital role in the movie because we get to see through this suburban life Mm. that Edward is more so kind of the normal one in a way. Um, well, I mean, and- well, okay. <laughs> so what I liked about this movie, and there are also things I didn't like, so we'll get to that too. Uh, Cause it's been a long okay. time since I've seen it. Um, and so looking at it with fresh eyes um, after doing this for a long time, being a little more critical about things and thinking about things in a storytelling aspect and a plot aspect in a, you know, just general filmmaking aspect um what i liked about it and i told Haley this while we were watching it last night we went to a hockey game and then we came back and watched edwards um nice yeah is i like that we don't waste time with oh my god he's a monster like i'm Mm -hmm. terrified of him he's so scary i don't want to look at him or talk to him you know it's just he comes in and people are like oh hey he's pretty cool (laughs) you know it's the accepting immediately Right. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think shout out, big shout out to Alan Arkin. Um, Dude, yes. His character is just so funny because uh, I love when um, it's Diane Weist, but I don't remember her character's name. I bought it. Um, Peg. Peg. When Peg just brings Edward into the, into the house, into their, and lets him live there. And yeah. And it's like here, here's some, um, here's some of what's his name. Um, sorry, Alan Arkin, Bill. Bill. Here's some of Bill's old clothes. Like where are those? He's not coming in the house, being like, who the fuck is this? Why does he have scissors <laughs> for hands? Why is he wearing my old clothes? It's none of that. It's just. So hey Ed, um, what's going on? You know, what I mean, it's, it's, it's pure Alan Arkin. That's just how he is. But I, I love the sort of just general complacentness with everybody around Edward pretty much most of the time. Right. Um, 
Yeah. Fucking Anthony Michael Hall, his character is obviously terrible. Um, and, you know, sees him as a, as a monster and a threat to his love life, of course. But yeah, uh, everyone else is sort of just like, okay, like, uh, thank God it breaks up the monotony of this, uh, of this suburban lifestyle. Right. Well, and I think, and I think that's what that is. You yeah. know, I think, you know, the, cause it's mostly suburban housewives. Um, and I think this is something new for them. Yeah. And I think that's why they are so quick to accept Edward. Yeah. You know, let, let him cut their hair and their hedges and, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I, I think it's because it is new, you know, and, and I think we really see that with, um, oh shit. I, I told myself, I was like, no, I'm not going to need IMDb. Uh, like when you were telling me you were getting on IMDb, I was yep. like, nah, I'm not going to need that. Yeah. Are you, are you looking up the chick um, that's super horned up for everyone? Dude. Yeah. Uh, Kathy Baker, Joyce. Joyce. Yeah. Cause we really see that with her very early on when she's trying to seduce the, um, the appliance yeah. repair man. Yeah. And so, so I think that's what that is. I think he, he is something new to shake up their boring lives. And it's sort of in, and I mean, we're just patting ourselves on the back cause we're like, we're right. Uh, but you know, as soon as, uh, Peg is driving him around, everyone immediately gets on their phones and is calling everyone else. Like, did mm. you see who Peg yeah. had in the car? You know, it's someone, yeah. it's someone different, you know, they don't even know he has scissors for him mm. yet. You know? Um, yeah. And they're super, I mean, Joyce, especially just super horned up about it. You know, she is. Yeah, dude. She is sliding She's off her chair bad. excited. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that She's as bad as Martha Mayhew for the Grinch. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Um, for sure. Yeah. That's a that's a great comparison. Um <laughs> definitely. Martha May. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I love the Grinch so much. We've talked about that before, but um yeah, so he's different. Um, he's not mm. – he's threatening on the outside, not on the inside, right? He's super sweet, so that yeah. helps. Um, he – I'm not even – you know, people don't really even take advantage of him. It's not like they're making him cut their hedges, right? It doesn't feel that way anyway. It doesn't feel like they're, you know, taking advantage of him in a way, unless you disagree, but – I I didn't see that that explicit feeling of their you know they're treating him badly by making him do all this stuff. No, no, I I I don't disagree. Uh, I, I I agree with that. That it's it's one of those things of if he wants to do it, we'll just let him do it. Yeah, that's know? what it feels like. Um, yeah, you know, um, especially you know, then that involves into dog grooming and then to you know, haircutting, uh, you know, I, yeah, I don't, I don't see it as them like trying to take advantage. I think it's just like, you know, well, what else could he do? Yeah. I'm like, Oh, I bet he could probably cut hair, you know? Um, and again, uh, it's mainly the housewives. Like the husbands are just like, yeah, whatever. 
Let them do it. Which again is sort of funny also because they're not even, they're not worried about them. They're, they're not like, dude, that dude is a, like a weapon, bro. Like, what are you doing? It's like, <laughs> yeah. and they're not even threatened. Like in a sexual sense of this guy's in my house with my wife all like, who cares? Like no one cares about that. You know? Uh, yeah. Joyce's husband yeah. well, is just oblivious to everything. Right. Uh, which is also. Oh, a hundred percent. Well, and I think, and I think what it also is, and, and now knowing this, when I rewatched it, I was like, that makes so much more sense. And it's kind of, it kind of goes back to my tease for last week. Uh, which is we're really seeing this world from Edward's eyes. You know, that's why everything is so bright and colorful, um, which if anyone remembers my tease from last week, uh, the first time I distinctly remember watching the movie, I was like, this doesn't, how is this a Tim Burton movie? Mm-hmm. Because everything's bright and right. everything's colorful. But that's now now knowing that I'm like, oh, well, that makes sense, because, of course, all of Edward has ever known is dark and gray. So I was going to and... save this for later. But um, number one, it's based on a, It's based on the. Um, the neighborhood he li- uh, Tim Burton lived in in Burbank, California, when he was growing up. Okay? That's what mm-hmm. he based the neighborhood on. Mm-hmm. Second, they didn't have to change anything about the neighborhood. OK. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, yeah. it already came that way, uh, which is like living in Florida sounds like a nightmare because that's where they, <laughs> that's where they filmed it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think all they had to do is just repaint all the houses. Um, and repaint, repaint them the colors they already were, I think. Uh, cause yeah. like they, they were already colorful like that is to my understanding. Um, yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah, fuck that, dude. That does sound like a nightmare. It's if you've ever been to um, to Galveston or South Padre, that's what it feels like too. Um, the houses, and, mm, yeah, know, oh yeah, the houses and, and condos, and they're all that color. Yeah, they're all different colors. Which which begs the question: Was the neighborhood built around the inventor's house, or did the inventor move there and be like, "Yeah, no, I'm not doing this." I like to think that the the house the inventor lived in is so old that it just built around them um, is what I like to think. I think that would make more sense, but you know, and again, kind of like what you were saying with Edward being introduced to the neighborhood. <coughs> Sorry. Mom. Um, they just kind of, Tim just kind of plops us into this world. Yeah. Like, yeah, he lived on this house on the Hill. No one goes up there. Yeah. There you go. And really, it's not like, which is, it's good storytelling how we know that, but no one says it, right? No one's, there's mm-hmm. no exposition like, bus, 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 bus. that's the house no one goes up to. Abandoned for 30 years, whatever. We don't get any of that. Yeah. We just know, right? And it's because everything is so colorful and so bright and so vibrant. And then we look up there and it's dark and gloomy and, broken down and in shambles and whatever. So all of that is just through art direction, which is really cool. Um, by the way, that shot of Peg moving her side mirror, uh, to, mm-hmm. to get the, the house. So cool. I love that. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, dude, Tim, especially considering this was only his second 
well, no, third full-length feature film. Yep. You know, uh, Pee Wee Herman, then Batman, then this, you know, like, it's it's so impressive that a lot of the shots, like the, the mirror. Yeah. And thanks to you and thanks to specifically the fact that you've chosen Fritz Lang this season. Um, I just want to quickly just talk about the architecture of the house. Yeah. To me, maybe you can correct me, seemed very German expressionistic. It seemed that expressionistic. way. Yeah. It, it seemed to, yeah. to be that way. Definitely. At least it had some influence, right? Uh, yeah. Of it being, of it, and it would influence what he does later, right? It, the house mm-hmm. looks like Nightmare Before Christmas. It looks like, um, it looks like Beetlejuice, you know. Also, which yeah. Came well, before this and also, so don't forget about Beetlejuice. Once, Beetlejuice also came before. This. Oh, yeah. This so this was been his fourth movie yeah. then. No, I think it would have been his. No, yeah, no, it would have been Pee Wee Herman would have been after after this because it was i don't feel like i don't feel like backlogging real quick um but speaking of nightmare before christmas i'm actually wearing uh these shorts that i bought from box lunch that has nightmare before christmas let's see them over it um no maybe future rain will put in a picture of just 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 slide them off show them to the camera put it back on yeah uh, oh no, I was wrong. Sorry, I did look. It was it was PB Herman, Beetlejuice, Batman, and then so this was his fourth yeah. movie. But first one because it was gonna and this is a good transition. First one with Johnny Depp. Um, yes, that created a yes. lifelong friendship forever. Yep, for forever. Uh, Johnny will you know then go on to appear in everything else. The movie after pretty much everything else. Um, I don't think in Mars Attacks, though. No, I don't, I don't think, think so. he's in Mars Attacks. Um, but, you know, Sleepy Hollow, uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, well. Corpse Bride, Sweeney Todd, Alice in Wonderland, Dark Shadows. Like, yeah, yeah t- it, it, Tim and Johnny are to Quentin Tarantino and like Samuel Michael Jackson. Oh, or, or yeah, or Samuel Jackson. Yeah, yeah. Or anyone who's ever done a single Quentin Tarantino movie. <laughs> Except for Chris Tucker. He was only in one. Ah, uh, Chris Tucker. Um, okay, but that's... But yeah, that's a good segue into... Edward as a character. Because I never really clocked it until this rewatch. Um, Edward is the most... Innocent character in the movie. And I think that's why I think that's why we see him never really get taken advantage of, you know? Yeah, I think so. I think that's accurate because that would be sort of uncomfortable. Right. Um, And it's not the point Mm -hmm. either. Um, The only time he really gets taken advantage of is with Anthony Michael Hall, who according to IMDb does not have a name. Um, uh, Yeah, it's uh, hold on. I'm looking at it. I know he has one. Uh, Jim. So Jim, yeah. it just didn't pop up. I don't know what to tell you. Um, and, and so that's really, but he's the antagonist anyway. So of course he's going to take advantage of him. Um, yeah. Well, and Joyce, Joyce lies and tells everyone that he tried to rape her. So, um, yeah. so here's something I clocked this time. Okay. And I never okay. really thought about it really. Um, mm-hmm. 
but he doesn't have a body. And so the leather suit is his body, right? Uh, he doesn't have anything under there. Mm. You know? That makes... Uh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, um, especially when we get the the cool little storybook of seeing the inventor's plans. Uh-huh. He was essentially on the final step. Yeah, working um, on it. He was going to give him hands, and then he'll get like a, a nicer body. A whatever. normal... Yeah, yeah, an actual torso. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. Huh. At least that's my understanding of it, right? Because when he puts on the clothes, he doesn't take off the leather, right? And it's understood that he just puts clothes over it because that's, there's nothing else to do, right? Um, yeah. But also, I realized just how goth he is. <laughs> I don't know why, you know, because he's got the, he's got the Robert Smith hair, which is legit. That's what they used. They used Robert Smith hair mm-hmm. for the cure. Um, yeah, which like, uh, I, I don't know if you saw that, but like Tim asked Robert for his permission. Like, is it okay if we do that? I wish I could have. And Robert was like, he was like, yeah, sure. Dude, I wish they would have like recorded that, that whole thing. Cause I doubt it was just a, yeah, sure. Yeah. Imagine though. Oh, if you must, I don't really see the point of it all. But if you must use my hair, go ahead. You know. Uh, (laughs) For people who don't know, Robert Smith uh, of the Cure is very. um, He sounds like he's melodramatic. (laughs) He's melodramatic. Twenty four seven. I don't think he's ever been excited about anything ever. So. um, Um, Except for being on a gorilla song, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe, but um, um, so I like how, how, like, I bet if I were super goth back then, like mm-hmm. if I were like a teenager when this movie came out and I was super into goth or um, especially that like 80s goth where it was just leather and whatever, uh, I would have thought he was the coolest fucking thing ever, I assume. Um, well, well, it's funny you, you bring up that example because... Uh, <laughs> one of the reasons why I chose Tim is, um, is because it was more so to satisfy 10 year old rain who thought he was goth. Cool. Uh, you know, like, I mean, I know you've always really known me with long hair. Um, but you know, I used to, I used to perfectly try to fringe it over like my eye and, um, yeah, I remember it, uh, you know, you know, trying to be like Lydia. I mean, like my whole life is a dark room. Uh, and so, and I feel like that's why I always latched on to Tim Burton. Sorry if anyone can hear that. Um, it's your dogs, huh? Uh, the dogs. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I'm hoping they can, but you never know. Um, but that's why I've always kind of la- latched on to Tim. Now, although as you were just kind of saying, Edward is sort of a, a goth icon. I would, Thing. I never felt that way about him, though. No, <laughs> he um, probably isn't. I just would think he is, just because of you know his hair, his skin, his outfit, the scissors for hands, his, you know, his every his his everything, his innocence, you know, because gods aren't like just, you know they're they're just like no one understands me, no one understands Edward either, you know. Um, 
except um i'm sure they i'm I'm sure they especially felt that way with the whole like hold me i can't and then they're just like i can't hold people either i can't either man (laughs) this guy gets me (laughs) i feel seen (laughs) oh shit um but yeah so um so anyway those were my uh my uh revelations uh doing this and i i think that if like like Lydia is like the female version of that, you know? So that was cool that you brought up Lydia. Cause I, uh, I think Lydia and yeah. Edward are like the same person. Um, well, and I'm glad that you brought Lydia back up. Cause that's also a good segue into Kim, sure. uh, Winona Ryder, um, who, if I didn't say it enough when we did Beetlejuice, I fucking love Winona Ryder. Um, uh i would want her to be my mom not in like that sense like i would legitimately want her to be like yeah winona Ryder is my mom yeah how cool is that um she does like tom Waits, but, so I'm, I'm in i'm in for this then yeah yeah man uh winona's the best uh she also didn't puss out either when she got arrested she did her community service uh for shoplifting yeah Shoplifting is badass. Um, so, I know it's it's that's the coolest thing. It's the coolest thing. Uh, but so okay, so Kim, so Kim, it's so interesting that this is only five years apart from Beetlejuice, and Lydia and Kim are just starkly different, and Winona kills it. Yeah, she also she is sort of the audience in where she does freak out when she sees edward and why wouldn't mm-hmm. you right again he is a monster right um <laughs> insert buster from uh from arrest development here where he's like i'm a monster uh with his hook hand but um uh, yeah she reacts the way that we would normal people would not this sort of weird would... scenario where no one's just accepting it yeah. yeah or yeah well, and I think, and I think that is also by design. Yeah. Um, and if we're, if we're to hold on to the theory of that, these housewives were just bored and he's something new, yeah. then it would make sense that this teenager does find him weird, finds him scary. Yeah. And why is there a strange man in my bed? Yes. You know, a water bed, by the way, which I told Haley, I listen, I don't, we're just old. I'm old now, I guess. I don't know. But I said, honey, my back would disintegrate if I got on a water bed. Well, <laughs> well, and here's the thing with that, dude. I wanted growing up, I wanted a water bed so bad, bro. Like so bad. I so desperately wanted a water bed. And then I got one on a technicality. My dad bought me one, but it was essentially a hollowed out mattress oh. with water tubes that go in. Oh, that's not the same. And the tube. Yeah. I'm like, that's not a waterbed dad. And he's like, well, you gotta, we gotta fill up this tube. And I'm like, okay. Um, one of my, one of my uncles, he had one. Uh, but yeah, I, I think I agree, dude. I don't think I could sleep on a no. waterbed now. Like, I would be able to walk the next day. Um, like, yeah. 
I know. Don't you just feel uh, like, oh, you're just feeling your back right now? You're like, no way, dude. I know, man. And and, and I've also been thinking about, uh, speaking of sleeping, I'm sure you've seen those ads for those pillows that are shaped like cubes. Yeah. Because everything, like they were saying how like well it is for your back. And I'm like, well, shit, maybe I need that <laughs> or something. Because, yeah, some days, man, I will wake up and like my back fucking hurts. Yeah. And I use just a regular pillow. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I'm glad that uh, we see the destruction of that waterbed. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Down with all waterbeds. That's what I say. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so she finds it super weird, which makes perfect sense because why wouldn't you, you know, uh, find him super weird? Mm-hmm. Here's the problem I have. Um, okay. Their their love story is, is, strange. is unearned. Um, they don't spend nearly okay. enough time together. Um, at best, she is a a close friend, and a for lack of <laughs> for lack of a better term, she's an Edward apologist, right? Um, well, love interest. Okay. I don't know. I don't know about that. Well, okay, I'll give you that because he for sure, he for sure is in love yes. with her because yeah. you know, we we get that when he sees her picture for the first time. Yeah. He he definitely falls in love with her. I would say she more so. I think she. And I'm trying not to look at this with graduation goggles. I think she does love him, but not romantically. But then that wouldn't really make sense because she kisses him. Yeah. Before she leaves. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's just a problem with the movie. That's know. what it is. That's the, that's nope. That's it. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> uh, because a lot of things make sense in a way. Um, that just mm-hmm. doesn't, that just doesn't make sense to me. Um, and it was a problem this time when I was watching it, I go, I was still, I was waiting for them to spend more time because I knew, there was that love connection. I remembered that from seeing it years and years and years ago. And I was like, yeah, I remember them falling in love. And I was like, okay. So I was waiting for them to have more screen time together and for them to have more one-on-one time and more. And that just never happened, you know? Well, and I think, and I think maybe what Tim was expecting us as the audience is that she's slowly little by little seeing him less as, a monster yeah you know like when he unlocks the door for her um you know uh that's the only fucking example i can think of (laughs) um (laughs) but i think i think that's what tim is expecting of us as the audience is hey she's not seeing him as scary anymore yeah um because you can't you can't blame it on Stockholm syndrome, you know. No, no. Because this, time. this this isn't this isn't a Beauty and the Beast situation. You know, she's not being held there against her will. Um, and technically, neither is Edward. He could leave at any time. He just he he chooses not to yeah. until the end of the movie, which we'll get to. Um. um okay. Damn you, man. Sorry. Damn you. Well, because <laughs> now I'm like, well, shit. Well, okay. You're well, let's right. Go to, it's not to what, 
here let's go to what does make sense which uh okay. is the what i liked about this film the most i think which is the sort of maternal instincts of peg and uh in taking in taking care of uh edward uh because she she knows that he needs help right and she's trying her best to and never left never leaves his side doesn't believe any of this other shit uh, that's going around and definitely doesn't believe joyce fuck joyce and yeah dude shout out to diane yeah diane Weiss. um uh michael corion's uh sister-in-law because that's the example they use in brooklyn 99 and then the halt is like no i'm following along tell me more about diane Weiss' brother-in-law and he's like really <laughs> the godfather <laughs> Uh, but before you, yeah, before we really get into that, uh, if it wasn't for Diane Weiss, we probably wouldn't have gotten this movie because she was the first to sign on and apparently was super supportive of the film and really wanted to make sure it got made. Yeah. So yeah. Shout out to Diane Weiss. Shout out to Diane Weiss. Uh, but yeah, dude. Yeah. Peg is, she is the best. Yeah. Um, she, she's pretty She's pretty much like the the dream mom. She yeah, she doesn't leave Edward's side. She is super supportive of him. Um uh and I love that she doesn't give up on trying to help cover up his scars. Yeah. Either. Um from the many years of him cutting his face. Yeah. And it's it's just yeah, Peg's the best. Yeah, Peg is so sweet. Um even in, you know, Haley pointed it out when we were watching it. She goes, she's just letting him keep cutting her hair just so he feels important, right? Uh, because her mm-hmm. hair keeps getting shorter and shorter and shorter uh, because no one else wants anything to do with him anymore. And she goes, well, you could, you can cut my hair. My hair, I need a haircut. Let's, let's, you know. Uh, so it just keeps getting shorter because uh, she wants him to feel important, which is sweet. Yeah, especially like, you know, during the um, when when, you know, he, he's on a televised interview and someone hits him with that real existential question of, you know, if you do get real hands, won't you you won't be special anymore. You'll just be like everyone else. And then she's so quick to be like, Edward will still be special no matter what. And it's like, <sighs> yeah, I, mean, I think like, at that moment, we all got wheezed infections, dude, for reals. Because like, she's just, she's so maternal and so, it's so nice, you know? Like, like yeast! <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, man. Peg, Peg is also one of the most innocent characters in the movie. You know, she doesn't let, she doesn't let Joyce bully her around, you know? And I think it comes from her being from us seeing her in the first five minutes of the movie being Avon lady and having doors slammed in her face. I think that's what makes Peg so great is that she's yeah. persistent, which is funny. Cause you know, you know, yeah, she, she goes to that first house and at first you don't know what's going on, right? It's the beginning of the movie, but you know, then you realize that she's knocking on doors in her own neighborhood and, and that they all know each other. And she goes, she goes, I, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't buy from you last week. You know that, right? She goes, yeah, I know. She goes, okay, bye. Yeah, I, I never buy from you, Peg. I know, I know. Helen. Thanks. <laughs> but she's determined. Uh, 
and that's why we like her you know yeah um you know and i gotta say i'd never caught it until this watch around <laughs> their last name is boggs so alan arkin's character his name is bill boggs and then peg boggs kim boggs and kevin boggs boggs I don't know. B O G G S. That's such a like Wade box. That's such a, yeah. No. But it's such like a Tim Burton thing. Like, all right, what, what's his family's last name going to be? I, I don't know. Boggs. I don't know. Boggs. Who cares? Like, I don't yeah. know. He's, he said Boggs. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, man. Okay. So let's, let's talk about fucking the moment that everything changes. Mm-hmm in the movie, which is Jim Anthony Michael Hall wants to rob his own parents so he can buy himself a van. Oh yeah. And that van they were riding around was bitching, so I don't blame him at all, dude. I wish stuff a van like that. It's so cool. With the flames. It's so and cool. Yeah. In the in the chain uh, steering wheel. You know it? Oh I never noticed that was a chain it was, steering it's wheel. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh but yeah, uh, Anthony Michael Hall. Um, and again, it's so funny that, uh, hang on, let me check it real quick. Where is it? Uh, that, yeah, there it is. That five years prior, he was playing one of the best on screen nerds we'd ever seen. And now he's just like the biggest douchebag yeah, ever. Such an asshole. Um, but yeah, so Jim. Uh, hatches this scheme that he Kim who really doesn't want to do this but he Kim and their friends are going to rob his parents they're gone for the weekend we can sell all this stuff immediately we'll get cash for it we just need Edward to get us in the door and because as you said earlier Jim is the only one that really takes advantage uh, of Edward, but yeah. also Edward's feelings towards Kim. Yes. Because he recognizes that Edward does love Kim. Or at least likes her. Yeah. Uh, maybe he doesn't know that he loves her, but he definitely knows, oh, he has a thing for Kim. Yeah. Uh, and as to be expected, because we've been hearing, you know, great through really good exposition, you know, not spoon fed at all. We've been hearing through exposition of how paranoid Jim's dad is. And as soon as they enter the place where the, the room where Jim's dad keeps all the most valuable shit, they must have tripped some alarm yeah. and Edward gets locked in the room and the cops show. Up. Well, and it's got that conversation uh, pit in the middle of the room, like in boondock saints when they come down, it's just, you know, you guys seen boondock saints. Um, it's <laughs> which is sort of what I want to transition to next, but continue with uh, with uh, with Jim. Well, I, I just mainly want to say that because you know this is the moment in the film where everything changes. Yeah, where Edward finally, because we're led to assume before he's found by Peg. And after the inventor dies, which we'll get to the inventor, because again, I want to spend hours <laughs> talking about the inventor. Um, 
he experiences loneliness for probably a good chunk of his life. Yeah. And then he experiences joy essentially until this moment. And then he's about to experience what it feels like to be alone, but more so in the sense that you're not alone as in you're by yourself, as in you have been pushed out on your own. Yeah. Yeah. To know that all these people that once said that they, that you were their friend don't want anything to do with you anymore you know new new level of loneliness and this is where the movie kind of shifts into more of a of a drama yeah so what were you gonna say buddy no hold on let's keep going so um oh okay yeah no because this is good stuff so you're right and that's where the main shift happens and that's when so once he's arrested he is um he is then released and then everyone's turned on him basically except for um uh, Kim right and Peg yeah basically mm-hmm. um if yeah Bill has Bill has sort of become the uh disappointed dad yeah like like giving him morality examples like you find a suitcase full of money what do you do with it <laughs> and <laughs> such a stupid example um I know and the, the 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 options were terrible um <laughs> very misleading was, yeah um yeah. but yeah and then everybody sees a turn on him and then that's not enough joyce also implies she's spreading a rumor that uh, when she tried to seduce him at the salon um mm-hmm. and he you know got scared um and she was like, oh, he he forced himself on me, right? Um, you know, yeah, which is to, you know, to, like like for Peg, she knows that Edward would never do that, right. which, you know, to a normal person, you know, when you see him like, yes, you may think that like, oh, he's got he's got essentially weapons on his hands. Yeah. His hands are weapons. He probably did. But then like once you realize how innocent he really is you're like oh there's probably no way he could have done this yeah but because <clears throat> the community has already started to form a new opinion of him him p- possibly you know raping joyce uh is now like oh well he probably could have done that yeah 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 <sighs> yeah so, he- so what were you gonna say a second ago dude yeah okay fine um now, oh, okay. then, now it's because oh, i don't want you to forget no 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 it just seems like it's a non sequitur but here we go so <laughs> the speaking of the conversation pit which is in the in that room when uh, they break into uh-huh. uh jim's house um is the the strange uncanny way tim burton is presenting the present because we know it's mm. the present day because Jim mentioned CDs, but yeah, their cars are from the seventies. Their houses look at them from the fifties or clothes are from the fifties and sixties. Their phones are old. Their TVs are old. The, when he goes to that, um, on that TV show, even that's old, right? The cameras are old. The dudes, yeah. the clothing is, is, you know, from a bygone era. 
it I like the way he's presenting these things because it it's sort of I don't know it sort of plays on nostalgia too right um mm-hmm. in the 90s 50s nostalgia was a big deal well and it almost and it almost puts this whole thing like out of time mm-hmm. you know like uh I was trying to think of another good example of it but like it, it's almost like yeah the, the that they're not bound by time that this could be happening at any time, you know? Yeah. Um, Maybe I don't know. Well, I mean, no, because then again, I would have thought the same thing, but then Jim mentioned CDs, right? Yeah. Like a CD. Okay. So it's, so it is taking place in 1990 or 1989 or whatever. Um, right. But it doesn't look like that. Right. Um, yeah. Which, again, I, I liked, right? It can be frustrating if you're one of those people who's like, when is this taking place? You know? Because then it would distract you right, from the yeah. whole movie because it's never going to give you an answer, really. Um, but if you just like the aesthetic and you just want to be in it, it's pretty cool. Um, Tim Burton has a very unique visual style when he comes to doing things, as we both know. Mm-hmm. Like the only reason Alan Arkin signed on to do it, because uh, he loved the way <laughs> Tim Burton tells stories in the visual way, right? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, I, yeah. I read that he was like he was, that he was like really struggling with it, and then I, I think once he saw some of the sets, he was like, "Oh, okay." I mean, poor Alan Arkin. He reads this and he's just like, "What the fuck is any of this?" <laughs> you know. <laughs> I was in the in-laws with Peter Falk. What is this? What is this? I don't understand what this is. What's yeah. And then happening? he sees the, then he sees the castle and he's like, Oh, okay. Now I get it. He sees the houses. He sees uh-huh. the costume, you know, he sees the fucking hands. Um, yeah. that was me doing scissor hands. <laughs> the, the, yeah. Doing this. <laughs> Cause you got to keep them at your side. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> okay so, so okay so i think now it's time to talk about the inventor okay vincent price uh honestly even though i, I love the movie this is a highlight for me because Definitely. i think vincent price is amazing um and God. the fact that tim tim finally got to work with his uh sorry continue um no, you're good. Uh, essentially, his hero was like all the more like, yes, like it's happening. Yes. You know, um, it, you know, I was pretty young when I saw Vincent Price for the first time. Um, Dad had bought, I think, a like a box set of like. Like 50, 50 horror movies, right? It doesn't even say 50 best. Mm-hmm. It just says 50 horror movies, right? Um, <laughs> it's one of those Walmart deals. Kind of, yeah. And it was just like a box where like there are five movies on one disc, you know, one of those. And oh, the yeah. first movie we watched on there was uh, The Last Man on Earth um, with Vincent oh, Price. Nice. Um, it's a great introduction to Vincent Price if you've never seen him before. Um, he's so captivating, right? I, we both, Dad and I both love Vincent Price. I think my favorite is probably um thriller no uh, sorry Haley. just showed up hello 
Um, no, I think my favorite Vincent Price is uh, sorry she keeps looking at quit it. Go away, hide. Love you. I love you too. No, oh, that was sweet. Um, <laughs> sorry, my my favorite Vincent Price uh, has to be House on Haunted Hill. Um, have you seen mm. House on Haunted Hill? I have not, but I I I know I've seen some videos where it's like it's probably one of the best horror movies of its time. Yes, and that's I mean because it's sort of like it subverts expectations, right? You think it's going to be one thing, and then it ends up being a different thing, and you're not really sure mm. what's going on. It keeps you guessing of what's real, what's not, right? Uh, and Vincent Price is just incredible. He is just being Vincent Price. Right. Um, yeah. You know, and again, you know, he, his, <clears throat> I think one of his trade, one of his trademarks is, of course, his voice. He has such yeah. a distinct voice. Uh, again, like I mentioned, Thriller, you know, yes, I'm sure most people know the song, but as soon as you hear Vincent Price, you're just like, oh my God, yes. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so, and so for Tim, this is so important because one of the first short films I saw of Tim, of course, this isn't one of the first films I saw. One of the first films of his I saw was Nightmare Before Christmas, but one of his earliest things was a short film called Vincent, mm-hmm. where it tells the story of a little boy who whose name is Vincent, but he wants to be Vincent Price. And it's narrated, I believe it's narrated by Vincent Price, but I don't think Tim actually got to meet him oh, okay. during that. I believe. Don't well, quote me on that. Um, so it's, what, he also could have been using like archive footage for the audio, um, which mm-hmm. would make more sense to me. Because if you're have making, you not seen it, huh? no, I've never seen it. Uh, you've got um, Nightmare Before Christmas on Blu-ray, don't you? I do not. No. Oh, I was gonna say. Well, it should be on. It should be on that. Okay. Um, we'll check. We'll check once we're done with this. But um, uh, it should be on that. So what was so um, what was so devastating about this is this is his last movie, is that correct? Um, mm-hmm. And I, yes, I believe so. And he does have a death scene, which is sort of like to give a modern example. Well, never mind. I don't want to ruin it. Uh, uh, no, oh. oh, that was close. Uh, we we may just have to, buddy, because there's not. Or uh, no, here we go. Here's a here's a modern example. Here we go. Because I've just been. I've been really excited for this movie, uh, this TV show. Yeah. Um, uh, the idol that's coming out on HBO. It's being produced by a 24. It's going to be the final performance of Anne Heche who died last year. Gotcha. So, so if she has a death scene in that, uh, it would make it all the more real. Right. Um, cause you mm -hmm. see, you see the movie, you know they're dead. They die in the movie. It's just it's all that more impactful, you know. Um, it gives a and no that this this wasn't his last role. Oh, it wasn't he okay. had he had he he did an episode of Tiny Toons. That's fun. Uh, shout out to Tiny Toons. Yeah, definitely. Then he did a movie called The Heart of. It was a TV movie called The Heart of Justice, huh. which had Eric Stoltz in it, and then he voiced a character in a movie called the thief and the cobbler oh yeah the thief and the cobbler oh he was like that was his last movie because mm-hmm. it came out in 93 
go check out the thief and the cobbler if it's the one i'm thinking of it is so cool um this one it's done yes it is done from my memory it is done in true 2d animation meaning like um like everything's flat like egyptian like um like egyptian wall paintings like that kind of 2d um it's done like that or that episode of Futurama where they were in true 2D and they couldn't go around each other. They could, oh yeah, you know, you could only go on top and over, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So I believe it's done like that. I think the whole movie is um, hard to find. Uh, I found a, a DVD copy at uh, and not Hastings once, and it was like thirty dollars or forty dollars, something like that, something crazy. Um, I didn't buy it because that's <clears throat> insane. I'll just like find it somewhere else, but um, definitely yeah. check that out. That said that that was his last one. Um, but yeah, but, but anyway, yeah, but truly. So with, well, with the way Vincent Price looks right in, in this film, because he was battling emphysema at the time and he had Parkinson's. Mm-hmm. Did you know that? Um, yeah. Yeah I, yeah. I read that when I was rewatching it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause the inventor, the role was supposed to be much more um, in in depth and much more impactful. I mean, it was an impactful role, but we were supposed to see more of the inventor. Yeah. But because of, because of his Parkinson's and his emphysema, he, he, he couldn't work. And so they cut it down to flashbacks, which honestly, which I really do like seeing this yeah, you know, th- th- that was honestly the best way to do it for yeah. Vincent. Um, because even though I would have loved more of him in the movie, I think I think it would have kind of taken a little bit of spotlight off of Johnny Depp a little bit, in my opinion. I mean, maybe, but I, mean, I, mean, I don't think that would have been that big of a deal. He was a pretty big deal anyway because of how popular 21 Jones right. was. So, uh, yeah. And, you know, the movie, it didn't, I don't know. I don't know if that would have been an issue. I think the issue really was just his health. It was like his health was so bad no. that you can't just like push him to do all of this, all these shooting days. Um, but this is a good segue because uh, with the the inventor comes the the castle, the the house, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I kept telling Haley, I, I would I would look, I'd be, I think that's a matte painting, you know, or... I was like, I think there's mm-hmm. another one, you know, where um, I don't know if I've ever described map paintings on this show before. Um, here, they're probably glass. You might have. Uh, they're glass matte paintings. Yeah. Um, and they can be done whether they're legit just in the background to give a perspective of a um, of more background, right? Of a bigger, mm-hmm. bigger landscape, a a grander scope of, of view um, or it could add to things. So it could either literally be in the background of the, of the set, or it can be in front of everything in the set um, and giving forced perspective of making something bigger or, um, or like in the case of, um, I believe it's in modern times. It might be city lights. I I'm having a hard time remembering right now. But Charlie Chaplin is on roller skates and they're in a shopping mall and he's roller skating 
around this area and this the banister to the second floor is not there right and so it's just an open uh, open hole in the floor that's facing the second that's going down to the first floor and he gets so close to the uh, to the hole each time and he's not really paying attention he doesn't really know what's going on he's just skating and most of the time it's, mm. it's to the back of him so he's not noticing how close he's getting and it was uh, that was done with a glass matte painting. So you you put the glass painting of the hole um, in front of the camera, but in also in front of everybody else. So it gives the the perspective of it being gigantic. And he just choreographs it to where he his foot or his wheel doesn't go behind it, right? And he does just mm-hmm. a little bit. And that's how we know it's a matte painting. By the way. Um, yeah. So, but when yeah, you, when you see things like, um, especially in the scene where the inventor falls down, and we get that aerial view of of the inventor on the floor and Edward going going to his aid, um, all of that machinery, all of that stuff, isn't really there. It's just a painting, which is hmm. really cool. And that one's pretty obvious. It's a painting, and I I like that. That's probably on purpose. Uh, that it's sort probably, of illustrative. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you noticed that, but yeah, uh, I actually never did. Uh, yeah, I never, I never did, but just because, you know, especially with that scene, you know, it's, it's so devastating because Edward doesn't really know what to do, right. you know, uh, cause he's, he's not finished yet, but yeah, yeah, man, I just, I just, I love I love the inventor. I do wish we had been able to get a little bit more of Vincent in, in the movie, but those three flashbacks are awesome. And I think it really shows the inventor had really, you know, had, had a vision for what Edward was going to turn out to be, Mm -hmm. you know? Well, because there was that machine that chops, things and that's what he mm-hmm. was right so it's like because that would be a problem i would have had with the movie right is like why make why give him scissor hands instead of no hands at all right um mm-hmm. which i i think is a valid argument if you weren't paying attention because if you're paying attention it's the machine that chops all that lettuce and stuff um is what mm-hmm. edward is right uh, he takes yeah. the machine and makes him into a person or uh, a representation of a person. Um, yeah. And I guess instead of just taking off the scissor hands, he just keeps them on until he has real hands or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That is a bit of a plot plot hole. Cause it's like, but not really. Why right? wouldn't you just go ahead? Yeah. But okay. So chop stuff, you know, while he's making the hands, you know, be useful. That's, <laughs> If you want to talk about plot holes, I was thinking about this. If he's so good at, at using them, right, to make hedge uh-huh. hedge animals and hedge people and make that um, whatever you call it with the paper when he opens it up and it's all the people holding hands or um, cutting hair or whatever, why can't he just use it to eat? Why is that hard? You know? Because I think... Uh, you can't answer it. bitch. You, 
Because I was going to say, maybe it's because he needs to be a little bit more delicate when he eats, but then, like, we see him be very delicate when he's cutting hair. Yeah. Like, when he cuts Joyce's hair for the first time. You know? <sighs> Shit, I don't know, dude. You suck. Stop doing that. <laughs> you you, you uh, started it. That's all I'm saying. And that might okay. not be true either, but I'm sticking with it. All right. Well, okay. So let's let's just... Let's talk about the ending real quick. Okay. Um, Did you remember? So he stabbed that guy. I didn't remember that. Oh, that he kills. He kills Jim? a guy. I didn't remember that at all. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I'm and I'm I'm pretty sure Tim was kind of hoping we'd be like, oh, well, that's what he deserved. I mean, <laughs> it was, but I was sort of surprised by it. Still, I was like, that oh, you're just like, oh my god, like oh, fuck, he kills that guy. Yeah. So. Jim essentially riles up the rest of the community um, to attack Edward. Well, to at least track, track him down. Um, yeah. And they get into a final altercation where Edward finally, he doesn't really snap per se, but he, he finally decides to stand up for himself Yeah, and stabs Jim and then pushes him out of a window. Yeah. <laughs> Well, no, he doesn't push him out the window. He stabs him, and then when he, he releases, Jim is so he falls up. Yeah, yeah. But it, technically, he pushed him. You know. Um, but to kind of keep Edward safe, Kim lies and says that the roof caved in, that they killed each other, and here's the proof because she found some extra what looked like his hands. Yeah. And. Uh, and then no one ever goes up there and bothers him ever again yeah. because we hear Peg say it's probably safer for him up there. Yeah. And that's kind of true. You know, he, he cause uh, clearly he's fucking immortal. Um, clearly. Clearly he's immortal. Cause he, uh, you know, as we get the reveal that the old woman telling the story is Kim. Yeah. You know, she's a grandma, uh, which means that means she would have had to find a new boyfriend, married said boyfriend, have kids of her own. I know how being a grandparent yeah. works. I don't think you do that. Uh, what if she? Got but back yeah, together? but you know, when we get that, re- oh, I was about to say, what if she got back together with Jim? Jim? He's dead. Anyway, never mind. Uh, He's dead. <laughs> He's dead. Never mind. Um, she was pregnant. She was already pregnant uh, with his baby. Um. <laughs> straight out of high school yeah already already had a kid she didn't know she was pregnant yet so that's that's jim's granddaughter is what i'm that's what i'm trying to say uh <laughs> anyway just trying to ruin the movie for no reason but but yeah you know and the movie kind of ends sort of with um a happy ending you know happy-ish i would say because yes he's safe but Kim didn't get to see him ever again. Right. Which of course, I guess for you, considering that their love story isn't earned, you're okay with. Yeah, of course. Of course. I have zero <laughs> problem with that at all. I, I have more, I have more problem with how does Ed get the ice, but it doesn't matter. Um, we'll see. Okay. I know I'm not um, supposed to I would care say about then that. that I know I'm not supposed to care about that, but I do. I care about that. Um, 
Well, and like, where did he get the ice when he first is cut making the ice sculpture? I no. don't know. Where did that ice come from? I don't know. Maybe Diane Weist ordered like, I don't know, like $2,000 <laughs> worth of ice. And she shipped it up to the house after he, after she knew that he was up there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, uh, it, it's a nice, uh, it's a geez. nice idea and it's a nice story. It's a nice, uh, you know, tying it back to that time when, um, she truly felt safe with Edward. Right. Um, that's mm. nice. It just doesn't make any sense, which again is still fine. Cause it's, it's basically a fairy tale anyway. So who cares? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's, it's meant to be sort of a fairy tale, you know, that, yeah, that it's the town that never snowed, but now it does, you know, right. that's how she knows he's alive still. Yeah. That it snows every Christmas. Ah, and no one's noticing so Jeremy from the house. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> right. Yeah, that it's shooting out of the window. Yeah. With such force that it's getting the whole town. But that's fine. <laughs> oh my god. So oh, there's Jesus no Christ. reason for me to be poking holes in this. It's a nice story and it's a nice it's a good movie, but Oh my god. Get out of here. Sorry, Haley came back. And she said there was snow reason for me to poke holes in the window. <laughs> uh Oh my god! Yeah. All right. Well, well, Jeremy, are you ready to wrap up? Wrap up? Wrap up? Yep. Yeah. Um, I think we hit all okay. the good points. Uh, I'm trying to think of an oops I forgot, and I don't think I have one. Uh, maybe. No, I think we got most of the. Maybe Zach does. Um, and he can let us know. Um, you can watch yeah, this movie. You can always count on Max, Zach to. By the way. Uh, if you wanted to, that will later become Max, I think. I was just about to say, hang on. No, it's going to be called Max soon. I, will I so lose my, hey, while I have you on the air, am I going to lose my subscription <laughs> through AT&T? I don't know. Okay. I don't know, bro. Because if you do, then I'm losing mine too. Shit. So I I have no oh, earthly so idea. Bad. I think we will because they changed the pricing of it it's uh five dollars more now okay but that's um well jeremy yeah what are we talking about next week okay uh next week we are eating our vegetables again and we are watching um our last silent film of the of the season isn't that fun thank god um this one's called spies uh fritz lang's and uh, 19 19- 38 uh, no 28 sorry uh, 1928 spies um yeah this one this one i am excited for okay because uh, i was gonna show it up. i was gonna throw it up uh i do really like the kino lober cover for it yep uh you can it keeps getting reflected there we go yeah, yeah i really is. like that yeah. so even though i'm not terribly excited about watching another silent film <laughs> um <laughs> I know this one's not four hours long. No, it is not. So that's that's a win. No, it is uh, two two hours and thirty minutes. So it's so long. That's fine. No, that's fine. I could. Well, I mean, that's isn't that how long Phantom Carriage was? No. 
106. Yeah, no, so this one's 150. About 150. Yeah, so, yeah, 230. But you know what? That's fine. That's Because this is the final silent film. Yes, and the then season. after that's Thank M. So that's exciting. Oh. Okay, now that I'm also really excited to yeah. talk about. Yeah, me too. That is at least one of the few I have seen prior yeah. to, to this season. Definitely. So. So, Jeremy, uh, one little close off uh, for spies. Uh, so, what should what should we be expecting going into this movie? I don't know. I've never seen it. Um, like, oh, you son of a bitch! But I, 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 I would think it's more. This one's going to be more espionage, of course. I think. Um, Which. Uh, I'm 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 down for you know. Uh, I think. You know, just to use an example, because it's probably one of the best uh, espionage movies of this franchise, uh, The Winter Soldier, uh, all espionage, and I love it. Uh, And then I think that's what we're going to get with Secret Invasion pretty soon. So, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, so Spies, uh, Fritz Lang, 1926, 1928. God, shit. 1928. you can get a Kino Lober and the Blu-ray. That's what it looked like. If you if yours looks like something else, then you may have a region locked version. So uh, be aware of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and maybe future Rain again will put another. Hopefully, he would he would have done this before I said it, but maybe he'll put the, the an actual picture. Up. Yeah. But, but yeah, but yeah. So well, super everyone... excited about it. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Well, we hope everyone enjoyed uh, Edward Scissorhands, and we will see you next week for Spies. Mm-hmm.